Hello, I'm Jesse, and you're listening to I Am Thinking About You, the podcast where I talk to my friends. It's been a while, and it's the end of the year, so why not release an episode that was recorded in March so I don't have it hanging over my head going into the new year? Better late than ever, etc., etc. Yeah, so what happened was this kind of hiatus. I don't know what happened, it just happened. I was on vacation when the last episode was released, and then I recorded some episodes in the summer, but then I got COVID in early August, and then everything just kind of went downhill. I don't really remember what happened in the summer, and then I went to Europe in mid-September, and that was somehow three months ago now. I came back, and I think I was kind of busy, but also not really. So in this episode, I talked to Gavin, and it was one of the first few episodes I recorded when I started this whole thing. So it was still a little raw around the edges, like there were some audio issues. I'm not going to apologize for that because first episode guest Amar once told me to stop apologizing in these intros. So that was not an apology, but just like a PSA. So Gavin's a singer-songwriter. There's a pretty great story about how we met, and I'm so excited to actually have it on the record. He also had a podcast with two of his friends, and I was a very loyal listener That was a big reason why I got into podcast and talking to you at the end of the year right now. We also talk about the photos I took of him over the years. And you can find all these photos and links to everything we talked about in the website at IamThinkingAboutYou.com. We also talked a lot about TV shows and podcasts that we like and movies that were relevant a year ago. Um, There are also some light spoilers, so just be warned. So here's that conversation. Amazing. Amazing. Hi, Gavin. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hello, Jesse. How are you? Good. How are you? It's okay. I I have an assignment that's due at 5 p.m. I have not written a word for it. Then why why the hell are you talking to me? (laughs) Because that was not... I was supposed to have it finished, and I've reached that point in my master's where I can tick that like penalty like i don't care anymore it's fine like i'll I'll live like everyone will live in this scenario it's it's fine i have too much on my plate it's okay i I don't think i've ever handed anything in late ever i you know i never did until this year so um yeah i'm a different person now so my one of my professors last semester instituted uh like a like a no late penalty policy basically he's like this is uh abnormal circumstances the subtext is also like you're all adults here you know like if you if you feel like you can't hit it just hand it in before the end of term like but just know that like i cannot give you feedback between each assignment if you hand them too late um so that was really good and apparently he's gonna keep that policy from now and i did like the worst thing anyone could like i handed in my final paper a week late like right before (laughs) christmas that was how bad it has gotten like i did not start writing until maybe two days before the actual due date and then i handed in on like the 23rd of december and that's where that's how bad it has gotten so but you're still in the program so obviously you're you're doing fine yeah, like, because these things, like, yeah, I didn't think I would be that person again. Like, I didn't even ask for an extension. It's not like I'm asking for an extension and I'm handing in late. I'm just straight up handing in, in late, which is, like, 
you know, you gotta pick your vices somewhere, and this is this is mine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's well, why we're talking here. So uh, I'm not going to apologize. <laughs> it's definitely your fault for handing your own thing in late. It's it's definitely my own fault. It it, it is fine. So yeah, yeah. And for you first time listeners, welcome to I am thinking about you. <laughs> my guest today is Jesse Lau, and she's handing in her project late. Yeah. Uh, thank you for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually recorded two other episodes that I still haven't had time to edit. So this is actually so I'm sitting in sitting on a lot of you're backing content. them. I am backing up. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. We're banking them actually banking them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, my uh, original plan was I'll record one every week and then and then it can come out every two weeks. And I failed the every two week part already because I do not have my shit together. But, well, yeah, um, if we've learned anything in the first 30 seconds of this podcast. <laughs> yes, I do not. Yes. I think the pandemic has made me a completely different person, which is it's fine. So, yeah, it's um, fair. It's made everybody a different person. Yeah. I will follow up on that thought later. But okay. Yes. Do you have an agenda plans? Do you have questions prepared? I do. Well, so just the general, the first question is how we met each other, which I mm-hmm. think will be at least like a 20 minute discussion. <laughs> well, maybe. So and then, not... Yeah, go on, go on. Oh, okay. You can start talking about it. I was just going to say, since I listened to the first one, was it Amar? Yes, Amar, yeah. He was great. He had a very lovely voice for... <laughs> podcasting um and very intelligent sounding anyways okay so i've been thinking about how we met and i can't remember which came first so we met under very weird circumstances where we met two days in a row but at completely different places and for different reasons and i don't remember which came first i am surprised i think (laughs) it was the office it was the office okay cool cool cool. So for some context, my father owns a business and for a while I worked for him. And then I was about to go off to do my master's in England and my replacement happened to be Jesse Lau. It was 2014. I just graduated and I saw a job posting in the school system because you know how you can have companies come in and post jobs at the job board. Yeah. And I saw this job. It was a part-time job. And at that point, I thought I wanted a part-time job doing exactly that position, that that responsibility we were doing because I want the rest of the time to work on my photography or something like that. So it was a very ideal job. Like it was literally my dream job. It was if I had to make something up, it was exactly what I wanted and it existed and I found it and it was it was amazing. I remember I walked in and then we met and then you very quickly were started telling me, I don't know how I came up, but I guess I mentioned I do concert photography and you very quickly told me that you had a band and you just broke up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then in my head, I was like, what a shame. <laughs> I was like, why didn't we meet sooner? And I think very also quickly, the second thing you told me about was that you had a podcast. Like, I think that came up very early on in the conversation for whatever reason. I guess I would have had a podcast at that time. Yeah. But yeah. Two, two things about what you just said. So one, I'm actually very surprised that the company Sutton uh, posted at a university. That just seems outlandish to me. Um, <laughs> not because it's like a, a weird thing to do, but because they figured out how to do that. 
I think it was Jacqueline, and I think she knew. Ah, Jacqueline was a smart cookie. Yes. So, so yeah, shout out to Jacqueline. Uh, Yeah, but now if you look at that job board, you get all sorts of jobs there. It's still kind of the same of free-for-all. Like, it's like one step better than, uh, you know, Kijiji, but... uh, You get like a lot of private tutoring job. You get all sorts of random stuff. And then in between, you can have a law firm looking for an assistant. And so the one that you gravitated towards was, I think, was it studio assistant? Was that? Yeah, it was studio assistant. So again, for some background and context, our job was a CMS administrator. That's actually the job title I had afterwards. But that's basically the job where we update. We copy and paste it a lot. Yeah, and we we update content in various content management systems. Um, it's a chill job. I I think I started listening to podcasts because you basically told me to listen to podcasts because you're like I just do this and I listen to podcasts the entire day and I was like that is amazing. That's great. It, it was brainless work. Like you did not need yeah. to th- have any thoughts in your head. <laughs> I just put in music or podcasts. Yeah. yeah, I think that was probably around the time I started listening to podcasts because I just had so much time on my hands that I'm like, I need to do something. And then I fell in love with podcasts and then I, I guess I made one. But okay, so we're not getting to that yet. So <laughs> then that was day one. I was showing Jesse how to do my job because I was leaving for good. Yeah. Quote, un- quote unquote for good. <laughs> uh, and then the next day, my buddy Franco and my friend Nick. So Franco was filming a music video for some song he wrote and for the video he wanted me and my friend nick to be in this backing band so we actually had to like practice the song so it looks like we knew how to play it so he he booked out the rehearsal factory in the east end and was like hey come on down i'm gonna have a photographer come out and take some pictures and we're like okay cool so i'm waiting outside of rehearsal factory with franco and nick and then who walks up but the girl i taught the cms shit to the day prior that's a laugh I think it was also the day when I wasn't in the office or something because I wasn't working every day. Like, it's not like we were at the office and we showed up in the next place together. Like, it no. was, it was, yeah, we, we showed up separately. So, yes. And, and your, your favorite part of the story, <laughs> which I know you're going to mention. So, go ahead. So, he was wearing the same shirt as I saw him the uh, day before, I think. Was it literally the next day? It was literally the next day. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. I can't yeah. tell you why. <laughs> I, I okay. So my theory about clothing. <laughs> you know Jack's mannequin. You listen to Jack's mannequin. Yeah, yeah. I love Jack's mannequin. Uh, what's the first album called? The Palm Trees and Power Lines. Everything in everything transit. in transit. <laughs> Palm Trees and Power Lines is a uh, sugar cult. Everything in transit. Uh, and there's that one song. Is like. Oh, uh, yeah. if it's not dirty, I'm going to wear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me. That's that's my my clothing stuff. I, I mean, I, lived... I do that too, but I think your explanation to me that day was you were at your dad's or something. And then. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's probably, that makes yeah. sense. So at the, I used to live at in this place we call the loft, which you've been to many, many times. Yeah. We can talk about the loft later. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, because I was leaving, I gave up the loft to Nick. So he took over my room and then I, I was kind of homeless for a while. So I was like jumping between my mom and my dad's place. And so I guess I slept at my dad's the night before and just didn't have clothes. I'm going <laughs> to defend myself and say the only outfit I had was the one I was wearing the day before. Which was fine. You just did not expect to see the same person you just met two days in a row. <laughs> Wearing the same clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
um again just for context nick's but nick was also in the office when i came in the first time i think maybe probably Probably. he worked for my dad for a bit doing cold calling yeah what what an amazing time to be alive like when i thought about it i can't that summer was it was fun it was great Um, totally yeah so so I I met Franco. Another weird story is because I also just met Franco maybe the week before I met you guys <laughs> at a part at a fashion party. I was photographing on a volunteer basis, and it was very soon after I realized fashion parties are not my thing. Like, uh, it's very different people. Like, I don't, I can't, I don't jam well in that environment. But I met Franco, and he's like, I'm a musician. I was like, I photograph musicians. He's like, oh, I'm doing a thing uh, next week if you want to come. And I was like, sure. And then so I showed up, and it was very amusing. I still can't believe that it happened the way it did. Um, Yeah. And then from there, you would have been at the music video shoot. Might have been yeah, you because then it was all the way somewhere in like an hour know. away or something. It was near night. I want to say not Niagara because like I was like maybe Kitchener or something because I, I had to get a ride from you. Oh, so I drove you? You drove me. You and Amazing. Nick drove me. Hilarious. Yeah, it was a road trip. I was like, yeah, I had to get a ride. And then you guys left early because I stayed through like the middle of the night and my friend had to come and pick me up. Yeah, my friend drove like an hour to pick me up. Well, she's not my friend. She's my cousin, but yeah it's kind of insane i I can't believe she did that but this music video itself was insane because he he put so much money into it (laughs) and we need to talk to franco now but yeah it was like a big house it was a house party the shots were great the shots were it was steady cam it was it was great your shots themselves like your photography was what made me like be like i need to use jesse from now on for everything (laughs) <laughs> those pictures that you took of me i i used in like every profile pic and every whenever i was on like tinder or something it was like there's those pictures so you are welcome yeah, i always say you. i was like oh i should have charged for that like if you tinder photos should have been a, a business of mine <laughs> like per and, use i was like if this photo gets you like a date you need to pay me ten dollars royalty that was definitely a business plot i had back then and you could, probably still could internet dating uh is not going away yeah, but I don't know though. Like, so, so sometimes if you see someone, like, it has to be, prof- like, it has to look good, but it cannot be very, like, purposeful that you had someone photograph it. You know what I mean? Like, it has to be casual enough that it looks like a friend took it, mm-hmm. but also, like, not too pretentious, you know? Because if I, yeah, if I see were. someone, if, yeah, well, but it was a good because they were like that but if i have to like execute that in like a like a more controlled or on purpose environment it's like i don't know maybe try that but uh there's still time to do that you're right yeah so yeah it's a great business idea it is great business idea so yeah so there was that music video shoot and then i was i just still can't believe because i was like here's the same person who told me he was not in a band like they broke <laughs> up, and then the next day he's playing a band. Yeah, it wasn't my band, radio. though. Yeah, yeah, and it, it I wasn't was like I was just doing a favor for a friend. Yeah, it it worked out, so that was really funny. And then, hmm. well, I, I guess and it then, okay, disappeared for a while. No, so the reason I have the job was because you were going to UK for school. Yeah, and I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if you remember this the same way, but because you were leaving, and I had this camera that I wanted to take photos. 
of oh yes friends so so i don't know how i guess i like it was very early on you explained like you and nick were like childhood friends and then you're another friend chris yes right and then something about i knew you were leaving and then i was like oh i've always wanted to take photos of friendship groups i guess like it's still actually another business idea of mine but we can talk about that later but I just, I, and then I kind of invited myself and I was like, oh, do you mind, like, do you want photos of documenting just your friendship? <laughs> and you're like, sure, why not? Yeah. And that was the first time I was at the loft, um, I think. Yeah. First of many. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember you specifically asking to take photos of me, Nick and Chris. And I'm like, that's, yeah, why not? I love that. Yeah. Uh, and I still, those photos are also amazing. And those, like I have them on my mantle place uh, in my bedroom. That's good. Yeah, I think Chris. those were surprisingly one of the, not surprisingly, but those are definitely one of my, one of the best photos I think I've taken. I don't know why I had that thought, but I think I knew you, maybe it was from the podcast. I don't know. Like maybe I was listening at that point. Like I'm not sure now, but I was just had a, I just had a feeling that it would be something like you guys would be into oh yeah because like not a lot of people like to be photographed that's also another thing too but yeah so i i invited myself over <laughs> and then we took the photos and i think it was a day of your going uh, away party yeah so at first it was just me nick and chris and you took photos of that and then eventually other friends started coming over and you also took photos of that oh that i don't remember yeah <laughs> i guess I have... actually yeah no i do there was this one photo of you i remember but yeah, so it was funny because I remember we were walking somewhere and then I wasn't sure if I should stick around for the party. And at one point, Nick was just like, you know, you can stay if you want. I was like, okay. <laughs> like, I just invited myself to your farewell party. But yeah. No, it's great. Uh, yeah, it was interesting because now that I think about it, it was very weird. Not weird, but I guess at a certain age, you don't really make friends where you don't have other mutual friends with, like new friends. Mm -hmm. so it was a very new experience for me um like because now i have a bunch of friends who are like you know they don't have anything to do with each other um some some have like mutual contacts or something but you guys were like kind of the first group of people i met like at that time in my life that i have zero connection with before um so it's very interesting because you could also be a very different like you could be a new person you know like i was like you just met me you have no context of who i am before i met you so i that, think it's pretty fun in that way that is very true all of my friends especially the ones you met that night, I've known them forever. Me, Nick, and Chris have been friends since we were two. I, the people I lived with, I've known since like grade school. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. It was very cool to me that you had like such a close group of friends. It's like, I don't have people I know for that long that are still in my life. Like there's some, but we're not like close by any means. But you and your friends are all very close. And it's like, I, I you know, I know almost all of them probably if not most of them and because you you guys always go to the same places together <laughs> and it's very rare you know it's very it's really it's very rare it's very sweet it's very cool because you guys really share everyone with each other you know what i mean like and it's like it's like everyone kind of has that same or like the same way you know what i mean like uh, yeah i hear that often that it's rare and it never really clicks with me i guess i don't realize my blessings or whatever but in my mind i've always like man, it's so hard to meet people. Like, I don't know. I don't ever have new friends. Everyone I know is from fucking grade school. You would be up there and like some of my newest friends or like, you know, English people that I met. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't meet people easily and I don't, I'm very introverted. So even when I do meet people, I never talk to them ever again. It's always friends yeah. of friends. It's always, yeah. that's the only way. 
Yeah. And then you went to England, right? Yeah. And then you and then you came back. Which you know, we, we it feels like a long time, but it was really just a year. <laughs> it still feels like you were gone for a very long time, but it was not that long. A year is a long time. Yeah. And I remember like I was invited to did you leave before Halloween? You probably did. I did, yeah. I left yeah, uh, yeah. in September. Okay, yeah. So when I got invited to a Halloween party, so you guys used to have these Halloween parties at the loft. These are massive parties, yeah. It's massive parties parties and i was pretty surprised to get an invite i guess i was like i don't usually go out you know introvert etc etc generally awkward person i don't get invited to things often my friends might say otherwise they hear it and be like we always invite you you just don't show up which to which i say is like but um yeah i was just like oh wow like that's like nice like that's very sweet but um it's cool oh you went so you're saying you got invited when i wasn't there no, I don't think I was invited when you weren't there. No, I okay. think I think I was invited when you came back. When I came back. I think that was, yeah. Yeah, um, I remember seeing you at a, a couple, yeah. A bunch of them. I feel like one yeah. year you didn't. Yeah. I feel like I remember you not coming one year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because then I think there was another party at the apartment I ended up wow. moving into. So Rude. Yeah. Um, my next thought was... You said after you saw the photos at, at Franco's shoot, you're like, you need me to take all your photos from now <laughs> Right. So to backtrack so, a bit, like I, yeah. I've been in bands my whole life. And right before Jesse, I had a band called The Heights that broke up probably just a few months before I met you. And then I was like, ah, fuck music. I'm going to just become a writer. And so I went to school for creative writing, uh, wrote a book. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. But music kept happening. <laughs> and when I came home, I, I made a band just by myself called Tennyson Wolf. And then Jesse has taken every single photo since the birth of that. <laughs> that was like five years ago now, if not longer. Yeah, it's funny to me because like once in a while, maybe at least once a year, I'll just get a text from Gavin and be like, I need new photos. And then we'll just go out and take photos. Yeah, and then until the next year, I would say it's like not every year, but maybe a year and a half. It's like between a year and two years intervals. I would do them a lot more, but a at the time I didn't have any money, so it's just like hard to be like I need to do photos every two months. And b I hate social media. I just I fucking hate Instagram. I hate Twitter. I hate Facebook. So posting about my music and myself, I I always hated it. So. I just, I was like, I can make do one photo set a year. I can stretch it out. (laughs) You really, you really did. Another thing, you know, it's also in line with your friends thing. It's so for one, you use one photo for your, I guess I would say album cycle or all the singles you were releasing. You had your friends draw my photo, like a different artistic interpretation of that photo. That was really fun. That was really cool. And I think that really spoke about the kind of friends you have. And like, when I thought about that, I also thought of, you know, what Amar said about me. It's like, you can call on your friends to draw this thing for me and like, just have a good time with it. Just like getting your friends involved in your projects in like any way. So, yeah. Yeah. So when I was doing that, it's funny how like creativity stems from laziness. (laughs) I was just like, I don't know how to design fucking album art and I don't want to take more pictures. And I was like, I have friends who do drawings or like, you know, different art types. So I just reached out to them. It's like, hey, just draw this picture using a different background color than the rest of the people that do it. 
in whatever style you want, like however you want to do it. And it turned out great. It was very cool. It was really cool. It was a very smart idea too. Yeah. yeah. I actually have, uh, you know, our friend, a mutual friend, Michael Katzberg. You've met him a few times, I think. Is that Monet? That's Monet. <laughs> Monet Van Gogh. <laughs> That's Monet Van Gogh. Yeah. Okay. He drew one and then uh, got this girl, Samantha Braithwaite. I hope I'm pronouncing her last name correctly to paint it. And it, I have the copy of it right here. I'm looking at it and it's so beautiful. And she actually won this. I think she won it somewhere. It's like this gold paint that is like the most expensive gold paint you can ever have. And she used it in the painting. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I think I started following everyone who did that art because I was like, this is the coolest thing. Getting your photo turned into another interpretation, like in other art forms, very cool to see. Like I've seen a couple of these and like they're always really nice to see. Yeah. And I, I just, I love supporting my friend whatever way possible. And it was a good mutual kind of like, you do my art and I'll share it to, you know, however many people will listen to it or I don't know. Yeah, I love it. How big is that painting? It's uh, the size of a vinyl. It's 12 by 12. Oh, okay. So yeah. sitting, I have a vinyl wall and it's it's always up there at the top. <laughs> it's it's really great. I will put it in the show notes. Show notes? <laughs> show notes. Like you really, because I don't know, I don't think we can describe a Monet Van Gogh drawing, but uh so I would love to talk about Katzberg for a second because he, you have to put it in the show notes. You have to link his well, Instagram. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. His, our drawings are so incredible. I can't, we can't describe them. But when you, yeah. When you see them, you'll fall in love with them. And he is the most successful artist that I know. Really? You put on, wait, okay, so you also had a gallery show for him at the loft. Yeah, I loved his art so much that I was like, we have to put on a fancy pants art show where everyone has to dress up and we'll have like your art all along the walls and frames <laughs> and you have like people bid on them and you'll have um, like the piece de resistance that you'll, you know, expose at the end of the night, premiere, I should say. And yeah, he had like, I don't know, maybe 20 to 50 pieces of art along the walls. And I think we had maybe like 50 to 70 people come. And Victoria, my fiance, actually was his like PR agent for the event. And it got posted on BlogTO and, and stupid shit. And it was like, come see Monet's art show. Actually, I don't know if it was that one or a different one, but that did happen eventually. But yeah. Uh, and now he's like... He has like famous people, ret uh, not retweet, but comment on his photos and follow him. And people from around the world are just getting him to draw portraits of them. I have three or four Monet Van Gogh uh, art on my wall. It's, it's so funny. Yeah. One time again, I saw I worked with a cinematographer. And then one time I just saw he, he, he and his partner commissioned a, a painting from... <laughs> from him and i'm like wow like that is you really made it i was like i this is this is amazing it's incredible but yes this artist it's truly quite something yeah and he's had like cafes host his art breweries it is just so fucking funny <laughs> it is it is great yeah i can't describe it so we'll link it in the show notes and the yeah. and listeners can discover the joy <laughs> on their own and just be utterly charmed by it I don't know what question I have, but you know, like you thought you were going to be in a band or you wanted to be in a band for a long time and now you're, you're doing your own thing. 
as a singer songwriter and tomorrow you're going to studio? studio i am yeah so how like how has this been working for you like how did you figure out a rhythm or like when to go to the studio or like a like a like what you want to do with the music as a solo artist yeah yeah it's interesting being a solo artist is tough in that <laughs> you don't have like you get all this freedom which is great but then you don't have the you know the back and forth the critiques of other people so it's like a very isolating experience until you go into the studio and and I've been working with the same producer for 10 years now and he tells me if something is shit or not in a nice way I used to be a lot more proactive in in writing songs and you know trying to be an artist and trying to make music work and for a while it was doing okay but now it's mainly just like a hobby that is slowing down significantly i struggle a lot these days i don't know if it's the pandemic or what but i'm just like eh, it's it's hard releasing music these days oh yeah but you're still doing it i guess for fun mostly than like like before you know when you're younger you'll be like i need to make a living out of it and now you're like I yeah just do this. yes and no and now it's kind of it turned from like yes i want to be a rock star to okay i'll just do this for fun and then when I started doing it for fun at the beginning of Tennyson, I kind of like hit a stride with Spotify playlists and I was getting noticed. And then I was like, okay, maybe I can still be a rock star. And then that's all that attention stopped. And it's like, okay, it's kind of no longer fun and it's kind of no longer a rock star thing. And so now I'm kind of just doing it because it's just in me, yeah. you know, it's, it's just like, just writing songs is just what I do. And <laughs> yeah. And, is it fun? I don't know anymore. The studio is fun. <laughs> Writing is hard. Um, but I'm I'm pushing myself a lot more these days and and trying to be more creative and outlandish. So everything I release now is just going to be really weird and whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. This I'm assuming this will be my last foray into to music. Oh no. Yeah. Really? Oh. At least that's that's what this I'm releasing an album. So I, I already okay. did one. And then this one will just kind of be the whole theme is just about like to give up music or to not give up music. <laughs> that is the Okay. Question. I feel like you have done that before. More or yeah, less. Yeah, more or less. You have uh, written about that before. Yeah. And I I'm still writing about it. <laughs> no shame in that, but uh wait, when is how many <laughs> sessions are you doing? I have six songs recorded now. I'd like to get another six in. Um, so we'll see. Wait, but can it, I come to the studio with you if this is the last time? Tomorrow's not the last time. I mean, but... not tomorrow. I can't. I have a paper. To, I need to finish <laughs> my paper for tomorrow. But the next week, because I've always wanted to do studio photos and I've never had the chance yet. So Yeah, I can invite you to the studio. It's uh, studio is a funny place. I, I've actually done two podcasts with Newcomb. I don't know if you I, I think I, I've listened to it. Yeah. For anyone else, it's called The Recording Story. I think he actually stopped when the pandemic hit. But our sessions are literally me going there for 10. It's in Coburg. So that's like almost two hours away. Oh, you're going to have to give me a ride. So yeah. <laughs> and then we talk for two or three hours, just like kind of catch up because I haven't seen him in two months. And we talk about life. And then we kind of. I'll come with an idea, like a bare bones idea, because I'm now I'm a lazy songwriter. <laughs> and I have all these ideas in my head, but I don't know how to use Pro Tools or Logic or I'm, I'm trying to learn. But at the same time, I'm like, ah, I got to quit music. So fuck learning. 
so I come with this bare bones idea and then we, we kind of flush it out. And by the end of the day, usually we have a song done. Uh, but if, if you're going to come, it's going to be like an eight hour day. It's like a work day. Oh, that that's fine. If not longer. Just happy to be there. <laughs> yeah. See the creative okay. process. Yes. Love it. I lost my thought. Um, <laughs> well, something someone said to me a long time ago, you know, someone I knew since high school and then he was in a band and then, but we, we haven't really kept in touch, but I was always like photographing their band. And then one day, like I ran into each other and he said to me, he's like, oh, like, it's really cool that, you know, Jesse, you're still doing what you've always been doing. But at that point, like, it's like, I have never done photography full time. And I, I knew I didn't want to do that full time because I get bored very easily. Like now I can just do it whenever I want to, when it's a fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he said that, I was like, oh, that really like put things in perspective. Like, I didn't know, like. A, like someone else noticed and B, that it's like it doesn't matter if it's not a full-time thing like I didn't fail because it's not a full-time thing you know what I mean like so but yeah I've been thinking a lot about that yeah because sometimes like I guess because he's also like you know a musician and like transcriber and then so he also maybe go through some of that stuff where you just feel like just call it and like just quit um, yeah it's very interesting because yeah. I I definitely see myself as a bit of a failure in a sense because i'm like i had these dreams that i didn't that just didn't work out uh though i am extremely proud of all i've done and especially the songs i'm doing now i i talk down to myself i say it's i'm lazy and whatever but i'm i'm doing some cool exciting things that i'm really stoked on um but yeah (laughs) it's it's hard it's hard creating something and no one caring but at the same time it's hard being like i'm a musician and i'm 31 it's it's very pathetic and stupid in my mind whereas being a photographer you could be a photographer at any age and I'm like oh cool like yeah taking beautiful photos it, it, i don't know it's different than being like i play pop rock music <laughs> we need to destigmatize whatever it is but um i i love your songs i appreciate like it. I mean, I have like maybe four, I know four singer songwriters that I could, you know, say they're my friends and and genuinely they're like, they write some of the, my favorite stuff. Like, it's not like, I'm not saying it because I know them and I like them as people, but it's like genuinely like they do write some pretty good stuff, uh, which is very rare and like, it's great. So yeah, I do. I do love your music. Like you're one of the best singer songwriters I know, so that's very touching thank you yeah i am saying that from the bottom of my heart it is very touching like the stuff you wrote and like it's like oh yeah it's great it's really great i do love it so i try i try it's just yeah eventually you just gotta be like that's you know nearly a thousand dollars a song (laughs) yeah that money could go into you know me and my fiance wanting to buy a fucking house or you know eventually have kids and I got cars and <laughs> payments and other shit to do. So yeah, or you just end up building a studio in your in your new house. You know, I'm sure that will happen. I yeah yeah yeah. yeah but I, I just not. don't want to learn the fucking programs. I used to love learning, and yeah. now I'm like, fuck, I gotta learn things. Yeah, I'm good at what I'm good at, and I just don't want to try any harder than than I have to. Do you start like understanding why people of our parents' generations are just like? can't figure out how to use yes. the zoom call or something and be like can't do it yeah so we're heading that direction oh yeah it's happening my uh my nephew zach he has already beaten me in video games 
it's happening. Uh, and I actually, I get more angry than I, I like to admit. Because I'm like, how the fuck is he doing this? <laughs> it's not yeah, fair. Yeah, you just, you just gotta, you can't win. It's fine. You just gotta enjoy the time you spend together. And that's your, that's what you're there for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sucks getting old. Oh, no. There's benefits too, though. It's nice. Wait, you turned 30, right? 31 last week. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm 30 this year, so yeah. Enjoy. I still 20s. feel like I think I'm still like 26 or 28. I mean, like the last two years didn't really count, so in my head, I'm definitely still 28 or something. Yeah, I'm trying to. I used to think like, oh, I still feel 18, but that's not true. I think like <laughs> between 23 and 27 is where my mind is still. Yeah, I agree. 18 is very young. Like I, yeah, it's I've been young. going back on campus lately and sometimes I see some kids and I was like, I have to remind myself that they are probably 18 to 22. And I'm like, okay, that is a, they're very young. Like I'm probably a decade older than most people hanging out on campus these days. So it's a very strange thought to, to have. Yeah. And people are looking younger and younger. And but also you can't tell actually, because then they also look older. Like they also dress older. Like you can't tell, you don't know. Just, you don't know. No. Um, so another thing I keep forgetting to mention is obviously this podcast would not exist without you, really. Wow. So honored. Yeah. yeah. So after <laughs> I listened to your first episode, yeah, I went back and listened to the unnamed podcast. I don't even going to say the name. I don't, I, I can't. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. I understand that. It was like. You know, three well-intentioned guys trying to be funny. And it's not, I don't know. I, I was like, this isn't really that great. <laughs> this isn't funny. This isn't anything. It was kind of like, you know, rude at times, overly sincere to the point of like cringy. Uh, <laughs> overly sincere to the point of cringy is what this podcast is about. So I think <laughs> when you're 23 trying to get overly heady about something. Yeah you hit something that's just gross i think like in my early 20s too like or or whenever i felt like i had to like create something like writing wise or doing something like that because you go through that stage where you're trying to be something else yes so i think that's probably the same case yeah and like i just i can remember in my head being like listening to certain podcasts and be like i want to be this podcast and then that episode trying to like bring things back and have certain in jokes and i don't know it was i just i hate it i did I, you take I it down it was, you could still take it down i don't have the power to i think karthik oh. has that power um and maybe i'll ask him i again like you kind of said in the first episode it's nice to have like a, a time capsule you said years. that did i say it you i'm pretty sure i got it from the podcast like that was not an idea i had my memory is like, also terrible like so i i mean i haven't listened to it again because like <laughs> i gotta want to preserve it the way it is in my head yeah so but i'm pretty sure because i also have some pretty good memory is that at one <laughs> point you guys did say the reason you're doing that was just for like an audio record yeah of the, the times and um, I, I did listen to, I think, two after your first episode. And I was like, I understand that it's nice. Maybe in 10, 20 years, I can look back and be like, this is nice to have this. Yeah. But right now, looking back, it's it's still pretty far removed. It's nearly a decade. But I'm like, man, a lot has fucking changed <laughs> in the last 10 years. I, yeah, but that's not just you, though. It's the whole the world. The whole world. So, well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. But if I can say anything about the podcast, <laughs> it was a very diverse podcast, which is right. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. the only uh, straight white male on that podcast. And we had like, yes, guests and I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even realize that point until later, I guess. But I guess that's also why I enjoyed it because it was, you know, <laughs> diverse. But that also that wasn't, you know, the top thing on everyone's mind. But no. uh no. But yeah, but there's stuff now I look back, I was like, oh yeah, it's because that that I like <laughs> maybe had a connection to or something. I don't know. I, I, I saw Karthik in the summer oh, after yeah. I just moved. I posted something on my Instagram about I was getting rid of these baking pans. And then he's like, My wife bakes, can I come and grab them? I was like, sure. And again, like Karthik is someone I've interacted with in real life maybe like four times max and then but he has always been like just lurking my instagram stories and stuff and again <laughs> that speaks to your your friends like you know so yeah karthik is the best the most kindest person and he's living his best life his wife arnie is uh, amazing and she is a baker she has a baking instagram account which i don't look at often because i hate instagram so i'm never <laughs> on it but from what i've seen very beautiful cakes yeah, I started looking at it too. I was like, oh, it's great. Yes, please have these kick pans and make use of them because I'm not doing anything with these mini kick pans. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we came and picked it up and we had a nice little chat. Okay, what podcasts have you been listening to lately? Or what's your favorite? I think top three for me are Pete Holmes, You Made It Weird. Do you listen to You Made It Weird? You told me about it and I start. I listen to some episodes here and there because they're just so long. Sometimes I'm like, I can't do a three hour they're three hours long. Um, I know. I just find them very endearing. I, I like them in like doses, but I don't think I could listen to every episode. The one that really made a memory on me was the Mark Marin episode. It was a few years back, but that, that was, was uh, that was so good. Yeah, because Pete, the first like 100 episodes was like, oh man, I'm just copying Mark Marin's idea. This is just Mark Marin's podcast, which is with Pete Holmes. Yeah. So I kind of remember that. So I love that one. I listened to Reply All. I've been catching up on Reply All. That's kind of weirdly gone down the drain a little bit. <laughs> We're sad. Like, yeah, Reply All was also one of the first podcasts I got into. It really was great. It's unfortunate, but, you know, <laughs> different yeah. times. Different times. I just, yeah. I, there, there's, it's missing a spark, the last few episodes I've listened to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, it feels weird, but whatever. And then the Auntie Donna podcast. I'm a big fan. Oh, I don't know that one. What is that one? They are three sketch comedians, so sketch and improv comedians from Australia. Okay. And every podcast is just improv. It's very <laughs> funny. I I recommend it to people, but no one likes it. So I'm not going <laughs> to recommend it to anybody unless you love improv comedy and just knowing that everything is improv. But I also listen to The Daily. Um, okay. But I go on and off The Daily depending yeah. on what's going on in the world yeah of course do you know the podcast dead eyes no so i've been catching up on it and it's this comedian connor ratliff who okay. he is an actor 20 years ago he auditioned for a role in band of brothers like the tom hanks i guess tv series i love and band of brothers yeah so he auditioned and then he was supposed to get like a role as an unnamed soldier or something or maybe it was named it was like a role of a soldier or something and then he got the role but then he was fired pretty much the day of by tom hanks because tom hanks thinks he has dead eyes so the podcast <laughs> is basically 
He's trying to like, and it's something he's, it's haunted him for, you know, 20 years. Like, why was I fired? Why did I have dead eyes? Do I have dead eyes? Was it real? So the podcast was him trying to like get to the bottom of it. And he started talking to other actor friends about whether they've been fired from jobs. Like, what was that experience like? And it's a little bit about behind the scenes of showbiz and all these like random stories that connect with each other. And I'm catching up on it because... I mean, the logical conclusion of this podcast is obviously you get Tom Hanks on it, right? Like, so they finally did. And that's the episode that just came out yesterday. And I've just been like, catching up on it. Wait, Tom Hanks is on it? He's on it. He's on the last episode. Oh, my God. Like the most recent episode. So it's like a 30. And we can let Victoria walk through. Yeah, (laughs) you can walk through if you're hiding. That's hilarious. So I am definitely going to listen to that. Don't spoil it. Yeah, like after he announced that Tom Hanks is going to be on the show, like it's all the publications have picked it up. So it's like, but he didn't say anything further. It's just that like you got Tom Hanks. But like they did a lot of interesting episodes. Like the second episode, he interviewed John Hamm, you know, like so. Oh, wow. he, and then at some point he talked to Seth Rogen. Like he really got everyone because it's a very sincere and like cute and funny podcast. It's also a little bit about failure and like it's fun. It's, it's light and entertaining. And then there was one episode he you know he talked to starly kind of the mystery show because obviously That's you have okay. to <laughs> i was gonna bring that up because jake yeah. gyllenhaal that episode killed so me good. i still yeah i'll forever have a soft spot for jake gyllenhaal despite how you know what taylor swift fans might think it's just like you know what like that the was, way that he was spoke everything. on that podcast was so <laughs> endearing and so lovely you're like how can anyone not fall in love with this man it, it was so good yeah i haven't listened to it in a while but it really it sparked joy it made me happy every time i think about it oh, it's very charming you've listened to s-town right no actually you i don't i don't do like the only thing i actually never listen to serial either because the, the year yeah. we year we met was a serial year. That's it when was. everyone got into podcasts. And I actually never listened to any true crime or like serial. I serial was on my list for a long time, and then my friend was telling me about it, and he was like, "I need to make notes." Like he's like, "I need to sit down here and like make notes." And I was like, "I can't listen to something that I have to take notes of," you know. Okay, so S Town starts as a crime show, like the whole concept is that it is a crime show but then it evolves into this very beautiful story of a man living in a small town you have to listen to it it is a 10 out of 10 podcast and i actually okay. i'm the new songs i'm working on uh, i'm it's na- uh the album is going to be called soon comes night which is based on something in s-town okay 100 percent. listen to it okay you'll love it sounds good but anyway did you finish halt and catch fire I did. I finished it last week. Let's talk about it. Okay. Let's talk about it. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so also, wh- for okay. listeners. Okay, wait, hold on. For the listeners, Hall and Catch Fire is an extremely underrated show. It was on Netflix for like years and now it's not on Netflix anymore. So it's on, I think, Apple Plus with uh, uh, AMC. Prime. Oh, is it? It's on Prime. Ooh, really? Okay. Yeah. Did you have to pay extra for it? No. It was. Oh, okay. Amazing. Uh,. You know what? I could be lying because I subscribe to AMC. So it might yeah, be it's on the name. AMC. Yeah. Okay. So and yeah, because Netflix, it. yeah, they took it back from Netflix <laughs> and put it back on AMC. So Halt and Catch Fire, the gist of it, it's about the early stages of personal computing. It's a fictional story, but it's set against like a very real historic background. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Oh, and it, and it has Lee Pace and Mackenzie Davis which is like they're the greatest actor of our time and i love both of them my one of my favorite shows is pushing daisies which is lee pace 
Okay, okay, so so I watched yeah, so I watched Pushing Daisies after Halt and Catch Fire. And then Whoa. recently, literally this week, did you see Lee Face did a fifteen year interview no. or pushing fifteen year interview with with Voucher? Oh, you have to watch that video because when you as soon as you said how charming Jake Jalen Hall is, I was like, he's very charming in that video. Like Lee Pace? He, it's it's Lee Pace. It's just Lee Pace. Okay, so I know what I'm doing after this. Well it's and then we can talk about it again later. But yes. <laughs> Well, Halt and Catch Fire, yeah. the name refers to like a computing thing. It's four seasons and 10 episodes per season. And each season is like a different year. So I think there's like a couple years intervals between them. Yeah, I think there's like, it spans like a whole decade, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it starts from uh, the first PC to, you know, the advent of the internet, like World Wide Web. So it's from like... 80, was that? that was the last season. Yeah, 1983 to I guess 1995-ish. Yeah. yeah. So I finished that show in a week and I think I felt like I lived a few lives like in that in that <laughs> And it was... And the cool thing about that show is because every season they felt like they were being canceled. So you can see yeah. they really like do... They throw everything, like everyone feels like their last one and it just... And you can see how the filmmakers make it work and really everyone gave it their best and it's so like innovative and every season is a little different and it's such a beautiful well acted well scripted show and i wish like everyone will have to go and watch it but yes so my one question for right now is why did amar bring that up we were discussing it and i couldn't figure it out i couldn't figure it out either but I think it was, so he brought it up in the context when I talked about doing those video interviews. Um, oh, okay. The last season, Joe Oli Pace does the video interviews about the internet, I guess. Did he? No, no, it's not, no. I think what he meant was, I don't even remember what you're talking about, but um, <laughs> I think he meant that like, it will be in a capsule somewhere and then someone sees it and make a TV show out of it, is my interpretation. Oh. Uh, I to clarify, but that's the logic I came up because I was like, where are you getting that point from? Because I said something about how this video is going to live in like a system somewhere and no one will ever see it. And I was like, well, if someone ever sees it, maybe this would be like someone will make a TV show out of this weird clip, is my guess. But it is a very, <laughs> this show is kind of highlighting what kind of what we're both saying in that. You know, how many people are going to listen to this podcast? How many people will listen to my music? You know, and then how many people are going to use the first fucking uh, personal computer that they came up with? I forget the name. And, you know, you remember the big ones, but there are so many super hyper intelligent people who tried so hard to make the next big thing. And then it just inched out. They didn't get it. And over and over and over again. Yeah. And it's so heartbreaking. Yeah. But they keep trying, you know, and like, and like they inspire people. I probably to you know build on that, and they inspire the next generation, I guess, which is nice. But poor all of them, they (laughs) yeah, they never made it big, but you know they started something, Mm -hmm. and that's that's what's important. But yeah, I found out I really like. I think more TV shows should do like you know year. Like it's like they should not be directly consecutive, but you know, and then you check in with these characters like every few like a stretched out timeline. Mm-hmm. I think it makes way more interesting storytelling because you can be like, "What happened? Why are we here?" Interesting. Yeah. So another show I recently just finished, uh, the new Sex in the City, and just like that. Interesting. Okay. Did you, did you watch that? No, I've never, never watched any Sex in the City. Yeah, I don't know if I would bother. <laughs> <laughs> but. No, it's just funny how 
you know, the first yeah. six seasons are in the nineties and then they do two movies in the two thousands. So it's yeah, just yeah. like they're jumping time. And now it just like that comes out and it's like, literally they're almost backtracking a little bit and they're trying to be like, Ooh, we were not politically correct in the slightest in the nineties, but now we're trying to make up for it. Yeah. Uh, just, just let it go. Just, yeah. It's, it's um, pretty cringe at points. And like, you know, they destroy characters, whole evolutions and arcs and you just, ugh, it was, it was a like train wreck. Veronica Mars. I, were you a Veronica Mars fan? No, I watched the first few episodes, but I, I couldn't get into it. Okay, so I love the show. And then, mm. you know, when they did the movie, it was cool. And then when they announced they're going to do a series, it was like fine. And then I don't know if you know this, but they killed off a main character at the end of the TV series. And you're like, why the fuck? Like, no, like, why were we doing this? That's the first thing they did in the Sex and the City remake. Right. Yes. Everyone knew about that. Well, it's the whole, <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, like why why are we why do we need that? Like first of all, we probably don't need a remake. But the second of all, why we why did you kill off a main character after all we've been through? That's um, the world we live in now. It's just uh yeah. rehash, rehashing old things, revisiting old properties. We just watched the new Scream. Um, <laughs> are you a Scream fan? I've never seen any Scream, but I heard I was listening to someone talk about it, so I sort of I think I know. To a slight spoiler uh a main character of the original scream does die but it's the same thing it's just like you bringing back some old characters and some new characters in order to further the franchise i don't know it's just make something original guys yeah okay pushing daisies pushing daisies pushing daisies i okay i watched the first season pretty quickly the second season took me a little bit to like Mm -hmm. get through because i think i know because you know it's the end and then it was kind of like the ending was so rushed. Yeah, and like I, I lost the plot a little bit halfway there. I was like, I forgot how everyone was connected to who. But it's such a fun show. It was so weird and strange that like something like this just can't get made anymore. And it just seems so it's intentional but unintentional. Yes, there's something very touching and endearing. We say that, I'm saying that a lot <laughs> this podcast, but it is a very endearing show. Um. It reminds me of almost like a, I want to say Shit's Creek, but you know, not, but also Ted Lasso, but not like it, it's in that same sphere of shows where you, you are just happy watching it. Okay. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I have not watched Ted Lasso, but I've seen enough quotes oh, wow. to get a, to get an idea of It is the most, it's the happiest show I've ever seen in my life. Oh no. I, uh, <laughs> it's hilarious and just very heartwarming. Okay. I, I just need more of that. Have you seen Shit's Creek? Yeah, I did. Okay, I, I have one for you. Okay. Um, have you seen Mozart in the Jungle? Oh, I've been wanting to, though. Oh, you 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 love it. I think you will love it. Go on. I think you will love it. It's on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Again, this the, Mozart in the Jungle and Halt and Catch Fire are, are titles that you're like, what is this show about? But it's <laughs> like actually like a very, very incredible show in their own right. So uh, Mozart in the Jungle is based on a memoir by oboist at a, at a new york symphony or, or at a symphony mm-hmm. so it's about a symphony in new york and like their daily drama like it's not really sitcom it's kind of like a rom-com it's light it's new york it's early 2010s new york indie rom-com vibe because it's mm. also directed you know it's created by jason schwartzman and anna coppola and it's a weird and like quirky show kind of like pushing daisies in the way that you're like how did this get made like it's very intentional but it's also like just the fact that they got it made was incredible because it's very original and fun and refreshing and my theory it's because it was one of the earlier i guess amazon prime originals Mm -hmm. 
from the early 2010s. So I think because they were throwing money at everything that will like stick and just giving anyone money or not anyone money because they're established filmmakers. So they got a lot of money to just make the weirdest, like to make the show that makes them happy. And that's the thing that came out. I don't want to spoil too much, but like it features Gael Garcia Bernal as an eccentric conductor. So he's like a very well-known Mexican actor. He's also in a bunch of Hollywood films. But if he was not in this role, the whole show would not have worked as well as it did and i watched it like end of december it's part of the reason why i ended up finishing my paper seven days late because i because i watched the show it's like 20 minutes episode 10 episode seasons and every season they felt like they were being canceled so it's like Same it's it's, it's one of yeah. those great weird thing it sparks a lot of joy it's a lot of fun you know it's got a music thing going on it's also about like you know music and art being an artist being an instrumentalist performing yeah it's a great show. I keep recommending it to people. And so far, it's like two out of two. Like everyone, it was everyone who I've recommended were very satisfied with this recommendation. I think you'll really like it. <laughs> two yeah, out of two. So. All right, I'll watch yeah, it. Yeah, two out of two, yeah. So it's 100% positive approval rating. I have pretty bad uh, ADD. And I, so when I work, I, like I need something else to occupy a space in order for me to concentrate. It's really weird. <laughs> so I always just have like something going on. So that's how I watch Halt and Catch Fire. I just kind of had it on. No. Yeah. No, yeah. that show you have to like. I cannot do that. I guess because I was like, I'm the person who has to be like 100% concentrated on any shows I watch. But uh, I wouldn't say I was overly complicated or anything. I'm just like, yeah. yeah. I like watching the details and the performances and stuff. So like, I can't just listen to it. That's fair. I this is actually the first year. Speaking of performances, that I've nearly watched all of the Oscar nominations, the best pictures. Good job. I have not. Oh, no? <laughs> no, I watched The Power of the Dog, and I've been meaning to watch The Lost Daughter, but I always feel I'm not ready for that. Like, it, everything feels so heavy and traumatic out there now. Like, uh, I just want something light and happy. Coda yeah. was light and happy, and it's nominated. Okay. It's very good. It's on Apple. It's free if you have Apple. So I guess not free. <laughs> <laughs> um. How was Power of the Dog? Because Victoria doesn't want to watch it in the slightest. And oh, okay, it's great. I I'm a big I'm a Benedict Cumberbatch fan. Yeah, actually, recently I've been rewatching Sherlock too. But Same. Like, okay, okay, yeah. we can talk about that later. But yeah. Power of the Dog again. I've never watched any Jane Campion film. It was it, you know it's not for everyone. I think it's like you know a little bit art house film. It's slow. Yeah, it's a little to like unpack, but the ending I could not sleep afterwards. It was the performances were really good. Casting him in that role was like perfect, like the masculinity and also the vulnerability of him. Like he put, he did it very well. And I don't know if you listened to Benedict Cumberbatch's episode on Mark Maron. Okay, so I listened to half of it. Oh, and then you stopped when the spoiler thing was happening. Yeah, because he was they were just nonstop talking about these movies. And it's like, I don't yeah, understand yeah, what's yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, so I'm yeah, just going to stop. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting because they kind of got into a debate about what the what the character motivation is. And it's cool because, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch is someone who doesn't really do these interviews. So when mm -hmm. they like do happen, you're like, oh, this is very cool. I, I, I kind of pushed it on the top of my list as soon as I saw that they were going to talk about the film. So I watched it. The ending was really good. But yeah, just watch it. Yeah. I, the book, unfortunately, the book is not, there is no ebook version available. So I'm trying to read it. But I'm obviously not a huge ebook person. I only say that because <laughs> uh, you can't see. Yeah. Jesse can yeah. see on camera. I just have a, oh, a, sh a shelf of books behind have, me. So many books. Too many books. <laughs> okay, rewatching Sherlock. Rewatching Sherlock. Why are you? What? What led you there? Uh, Victoria and I like to watch a lot of 
you know, mystery, thriller, crime type stuff. And we just ran out of things. So we're like, let's just go back to Sherlock. So we've watched the first season and haven't continued since, but that was like a week or two ago that we finished that. So it'll happen okay. again soon. Are you rewatching? Yeah. Like, where are you? Uh, second episode of season two, so but the, I haven't watched in a week. Hounds of Baskerville. Basker yeah. 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 So I started watching it because I wasn't, I didn't want to watch anything new as I was like, there's too much going on in the world. Like, I just want something comforting. Yeah. Like, I want something I know. And I was like, why not watch Sherlock again? Because I, I kind of blanked out after season three and four. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what happened in season three and four. I've watched the first season probably like 10 times. Yeah. And then the second season like five times and then three yeah. and four once. So I, yeah. I'm in the same boat. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay, because now I'm at this point, like I could watch a little bit and then just go off and do other stuff. It's interesting to watch now because, you know, so, like they, some plot lines, they don't hold up. Some was like extremely cringy. But like, you know, the whole the thing that held up really is just the chemistry between yes. Martin Freeman and Benedict Cumberbatch. Like without that, like this show really would not have been what it was or what it is because you know the plot lines you're like it's fine like it's not the best but their chemistry really take it to the next level and really compensated for you know any gaps in the plot but yes what else was oh yeah so Mozart in the jungle what was so like illuminating for me is like I'm someone who watched a lot of stuff but then like sometimes I don't understand what people say and they're like, this is a good performance or blah, blah. I don't really, I'm not that like critical because I'm like, I'm not an actor. I don't, I don't know, you know, like I don't feel like I could criticize someone's performance. Right. Right. But Mozart in the Jungle is one of those shows where you can kind of see how it works because they're so good. Like there's no, like you can tell how good their performance is. And that's when I was like, oh, like that's acting. When someone's like really perfect for a role and everything just kind of aligned. And it's one of those things where like everything lines up and then you get like a very incredible, like cool show. Victoria and I were just talking about that yesterday because we were watching Pieces of Her, which is a new Netflix show. And I won't mention names because I know all the actors and actresses will want to listen to this podcast, but someone did a bad job of acting and she was like isn't it funny how you can you can only tell acting when it's either really bad or really good yeah uh, and this person was not doing a good job and it kind of takes you out of it but you know tony collette is amazing tony collette's in it and uh oh yeah just, just, as soon as you said that i just have her like hereditary scream in my in my face the fact that she wasn't nominated or didn't win any awards for that isn't saying to me yeah because i guess the oscars they don't really like thrillers horror it's not the that's my genre though do you you don't like horrors at all not really i could do thrillers but horrors are like not my not my top choice if i have to watch what about like have you seen what we do in the shadows no that sounds familiar is that a, that's a movie right it was a movie first and now it's a tv show oh and it's by Taika Waititi, okay. who uh, is amazing, yeah. and Jermaine Clement from Flight of the Concords. If you want something light and funny, and that is uh, my go-to right now. Okay. Sure. Oh, my last question was, okay. um, I want to play one of your songs to end the podcast. Oh, hilarious. I just want to ask your permission, but I haven't decided which one yet. Okay, so let's get into that. So my, obviously in my head, I'll be like lonely walks, but then I was like, it's kind of sad. I don't know. So lonely walks. my second yeah. thought was going to be TV show. <laughs> yeah. Both, both sad options. Are those, okay. So you said you're a fan, not to put you on the spot, but if you do oh, ever listen to my music, up. is that, is those the two you jump to? Yes. But sometimes I also just play it because I know it's comforting, but to be honest, you're new. I don't know the new stuff as much. 
Boo Earns. Like the singles. They're the so good. Year. So the singles are the best ones, man. Come yeah. On. Well, all of your songs are singles. I know. It's just because releasing an album is a lot of uh, time commitment for people. So if I were to release an album, would you listen to the whole thing? Because I'm releasing. Yes, but that's because. But but that's because I'm almost thirty. You know, like we're different. We're different people. Okay, fair. Not <laughs> you, but like for for everyday people, it's a hard commitment to uh, yeah to be like here's an album but if i'm like here's a single every two months you would think that it'd be like i can spare three minutes to listen to this no yeah it's a great track i think everyone's doing that now anyway mm-hmm. so uh yeah. but it's not paying off <laughs> <laughs> obviously oh man well i do when i see mr mystery i already have to like hook in my head like i probably listened to it a few times and i already like remember the hook and that's you know speaks to what a great songwriter you are oh i appreciate that I love that one because Victoria's on that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very lovely. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you can play whatever you want. If you really want to play Lonely Walks, go for it. People can be sad. Okay. Um, And Lonely Walks is that song you made it quote-unquote big on Spotify. Yes. That's the one they picked up, right? It is. Yeah, it did well. It's still on playlists, but very, very little now. Okay. But it's been three years. Yeah. I think more than that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Oh, it's so it's, sad. It's a great song. A I, great song. But what's funny is like I never thought it would. Oh, because I, I record well back in the day. I would record two songs at a time, so I recorded TV show and Lonely Walks at the same time. So it's very funny you said those two. But I thought TV show was the better song of the two in my mind. I thought people would like it more, and then yeah. that did not happen. Yeah, you never know. You never know. What's your favorite song? I guess in your whole. Uh, this side of midnight. Okay. And that's counting from everything you've done. Everything I've ever done from in life. I guess that's not okay. No, yeah, I, I would yeah, still say this done. side of midnight. Okay, it's I call it my magnum opus. Not that I would expect you to know, uh, and only maybe like three people in the world would probably get it. But it is like that song encapsulates that whole album. It is like it references every single song, and it I don't know. It's a very special song to me Wait, when you bet it and like it references the whole album you mean like musically and lyrically yeah 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 okay i have like riffs that were hidden in there that only <laughs> guitar players would be like hey maybe that is from like the lonely walks riff is in this side of midnight and i i think i kind of remember that i'll have to listen to it again but i'm sure people can i'm sure i have some friends in music who will go and just be like i hear you yeah um, so if you have any music friends of Jesse Lau, listen to the album 1819 by Tennyson Wolf. And at the end, you'll be, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I guess this, this is a decent song. All right. Okay. Yeah. I have, a, I have a last question. Okay. What's something that something you saw that made you laugh or made your day lately? And it can be like, I guess we talked about shows, but it can be like something you saw on the street. That's very funny. That's a very Pete Holmes Oh, I I haven't fully developed this question yet because I was asked in my one of my last recordings. Someone was like, "Do you have a last question?" I was like, "I guess we can come up with something." And then yeah, this was kind of his is what well, what was the time you laughed the hardest? Okay, so this is very similar, and I like it. Uh, so what's something that made me smile recently? Yeah, it's always uh, our dog Millie. <laughs> have you met Millie yet? No, I don't think so. She's a Chow Chow. Um, yeah. A big fluffy, goofy girl. <laughs> Yesterday, this isn't even gonna be funny, but she was just like she always comes up to my chair while I'm working and like scratches at me to pet her. And so I turned my chair 
and she never she's a very like clean dog but for the first time ever she had a big thing of drool hanging down from her mouth and so i took a picture and while i was taking a picture it like caught onto my chair and then she turned away and so in the, the live photo it's just like a piece of drool like getting stretched and like breaking and i don't know it made me giggle because she's such a cute little dog can you send me that photo later? I will. I will send that photo. You can put it in the show notes. <laughs> Amazing. I think I need at this point. I think I need a blog for it. Like I need like a separate website just to put all these like. I mean, just get an Insta- put an Instagram. I don't want to run another Instagram account, and then every time I do an update, I have to share it to my main account, and I'm just gonna annoy everybody. You know, like. What, what about like a Twitter or? Uh... Look, I'm a CMS administrator. <laughs> I can start a WordPress site very easily. There you go. For That's, its purpose, that you works know? too. I did entertain other, you know, CMS options and try to code it. You know, like I thought about it, but I was like, is this something I should be doing with my time? No, you got you got a project to write in the next 22 minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, thank you for talking to me. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. Oh, uh, anytime. But yes. Guest um, number four. Hmm? Guest number four. Are you going to release them in, in order? Yeah, you don't them? scratch that. Resay it. I'm going to delete that part because I think I think you're going to be, because I'm late on my schedule. So I think you're going to be number three, which makes more sense anyway. Uh, okay. Well, I hope you edit this podcast too. I do. Perfect. I do. I did. So, which is why it takes longer. Yeah. The day after the recording, I asked Amar to help me to test my audio, but it was also my excuse to ask my follow-up question. So yesterday, yeah. we're like, I was like, oh, did you finish? So yeah, I just finished. And I was like, I can't figure out what Amar meant. What, why did Amar bring up Halt and Catch Fire when we're well, talking? Well, it so fit- what, what, what did you, I... So it was in the context of the video interview. So yes. I said something about how, oh, I need to go and do Oh, yeah, it. I know. I know why I brought it up. I brought it up in the sense because Halt and Catch Fire to me was the show about the decades of tech stories and people in the 80s that tried to do something interesting and are kind of lost to history, right? And it's kind of like we're seeing the stories of, you know, we know about Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, but these are the like other people that, you know, kind of tried to do stuff and had big personalities but we never really learned about them, right? That That's always what Halt and Catch Fire kind of was to me. And that that was the part of it that was interesting to me. Um, and, and in reference to your video interview, it was this thing of like, oh, if someone decades from now kind of discovers it, you know, on like a USB or something somewhere, it's like, oh, I'm seeing this person that was there doing something. Okay, that, that was the... That was the... Perfect answer. Yeah, because I think we did. We really breezed past that point. I was editing it. I was like, what were we talking about? Why did it come up? Why did it make sense? At the same time, it didn't make well, sense. Because you because you said, don't feed my ego. Yeah, that's what I said. And, and, and to me, that was, I'm not sure she understood what I meant by that comment. I think we all interpreted it very um, yeah, differently. So. But also, that also worked, though. But yeah, like what you said just also encapsulated what I was talking that's what that about. Was, and, it, and it kind of, I mean, I mean, that's kind of what it was at the beginning. It kind of changed halfway and it became this, it just kind of became about the characters and their relationships, which is not a bad thing. But to me, for the first kind of first season or two, it really felt like it would be kind of great if this ended as this kind of a statement of like, you know, when the computer revolution was happening. 
there were all these people trying all these kinds of things. And there are dozens of people that we don't even remember kind of thing. And, and that's there. It's still there. But the show kind of changed a little bit. Yeah. Thanks for the clarification. Yeah. I hope you can relay that to um, whoever was watching. So because I was working on the edit for this episode so many months after it was recorded, I didn't remember what we talked about. Neither Gavin or Amar remembered what they talked about when I mentioned it. And I had a really good time listening to it again while I was working on it. It really did cheer me up, which I suppose is the whole point of this podcasting exercise. Um, it was also interesting to hear now and think about what has happened and what hasn't happened since then. Like I was already thinking about turning 30 and then I ended up doing that mini series about turning 30. And I still haven't been in a studio, still haven't watched the movies I said I haven't watched, and all those things. It was also funny because I said how I think more TV shows should have a time jump between seasons, and guess what? This is a time jump. Anyway, I really appreciate Gavin for taking a trip down memory lane with me and revisiting the Unnamed podcast and like all the reflections we did. Don't forget to check out Gavin's music and all the visual material on the website at IamThinkingAboutYou.com. You really don't want to miss out on Monet Fango's art. Thank you, Amar, for solving a mystery that at least two people had thought about and really drilling the point that maybe the thing that matters is not about the stuff we made, but the friends we made along the way. Also, if anyone wants photos for their dating profiles and or to commemorate your friendship group or recording at a studio, we should talk. I have time. I have time that's not spent on this podcast that also could be spent somewhere else. Anyway, so that's all the housekeeping announcements. Happy New Year. I am thinking about you. And this is This Side of Midnight by Tennyson Wolf. Wolfe.